It is Wednesday, September 22nd. I am your podcast host, Stefan Siggs, and this is the Week 2 Review Show. Welcome into the week two review show. Um, on today's schedule, we're going to talk to our league leading scorer from week two. We are going to debate some trades with a couple of special guests. And I'm going to break down week two's action. First and foremost, we have... The AP Top 12. So starting this week, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to give the AP's Top 12, and I'm also going to supply you with the experts' power rankings for our league. This is not something that was determined by me. This is based off of our teams, where we stand, and the projected finish going forward is the experts power rankings this is something that i took off of fantasy pros uh i pay money for this service um very in-depth analysis and that's where these expert power rankings come from but first i'm going to give you the ap top 12 coming in at number 12 no surprise is the oracle number 11 again is the Melonheads. Number 10, Austin 316. Number 9, Who's Justice Beaver? Number 8, Forever Unclean. Number 7, It's the Etlians. Number 6 is the DeLongles. Number 5, Nick Top Greg Bottom. Number 4 is the Thick Dicks. Number 3 is the Long Island Beasts. Number two, Devante's Inferno. And holding on to the number one spot in the AP poll is the longest yard. Those are the AP rankings. And now, something a little different, something interesting to think about, is the experts' power rankings. Coming in at number 12, according to the experts, is, again, the Oracle. Number 11, the Melonheads. And this is where it starts to get a little different. Number 10 is the Etlians. Number 9, Forever Unclean. Number 8 is Devante's Inferno, which is a shocker the way he started. Number 7, Who's Justice Beaver. Number 6, Austin 316. Number 5, Nick Top, Greg Bottom. Number 4 is The Longest Yard. Number 3, The DeLongles. Number 2, It's The Long Island Beasts. And the number one team, we're going to hear from him right now. It's the Thick Dicks. Let's go hear from him. One little disclaimer. I did promise a conversation with our leading scorer this week, the Thick Dicks. But unfortunately, he 
ghosted me. So I just want to let you know I did let you down on that front by promising something I couldn't deliver, but it was not my fault. I tried. Okay, bye. Welcome back to the podcast, and we are going to break down week two. Just a real quick rundown. The Etlians defeat Who's Justice Beaver by .8 points. Uh, this is a real difficult for yours truly, obviously. Losing a matchup by .8 points and having your quarterback play one series. That's very difficult, but... You settle with the loss. Who's Justice Beaver falls to one and one. The Etlians also going to one and one. The Melonheads drop their second matchup of the season, falling to zero and two, losing to our highest scoring player this week, the Thick Dicks, by a whopping. I'm not fantastic at this math, but 85 points. The Melonheads have just been taking a beating so far this season. The Thick Dicks score 213.26 points. Would have outscored everybody in the league by 50-plus points, aside from Devontae's Inferno, who was still 20 points behind. The Thick Dicks just blew it out of the water this week. And moved to 1-1. One one. The Melonheads again dropping to 0-2. The longest yard for the second week in a row scores over 180 points. They defeat the DeLongles 184.46 to 134.52. The longest yard, number one in the AP poll, moves to 2 and 0. The DeLongos, DeLongles dropping to 1 and 1. The Devontae's Inferno does it again as well, over 195 points for the second week in a row. They improve to 2 and 0. Defeating Nick Top Greg Bottom in our matchup of the week, they score 195.38. Nick Top Greg Bottom, 162.58. Devontae's Inferno's looking really strong. That receiving core is top notch. And if the top end of his lineup continues to produce like it has, he's going to be a tough out this season. Forever on clean squeaks out his first victory of the season, defeating Austin 316, 121.74 to 116.2. Forever on clean needed to pull this out against an inferior team, and he barely did it. But a win is a win. Forever on clean going to 1 and 1. Austin 316 also going to 1 and 1. Don't quote me on that, actually. I don't have Sleeper open, and he could be 0-2, so I'm just going to be honest here that I don't know. Okay, anyway, the Beast, the Long Island Beast going to 2-0, the highest riser in the power ranking, scores 154.88, a very strong showing after last week when he topped the league with over 200. Defeats the... I mean, let's just be honest. The Oracle is not expected to win, not favored to win in a single matchup this season. And the Beast poured it on him this week, more than doubling up on the Oracle. 154.88 to 71.9. The Beast going to 2-0, a great start again this season after starting last season 6-0. 
And last year was just his rookie season. This is just his second year playing fantasy football. Grateful to have him in the league. He's absolutely proving himself week in and week out. He suffered some injuries last year that derailed his season. But he's off to a strong start again this year at 2-0. and And the Oracle, unfortunately, is looking forward to 2022 already. Uh making a ton of trades which is something that I'd like to bring up here is this league so far has seen more trades than I have seen in a fantasy football league for an entire season we are only through week two and the abundance of trades that I've seen in this league has not only warmed my heart as a fantasy football commissioner but has absolutely stolen the show. I just keep hearing from all the league mates here about how how fun this league is and how much they appreciate it. And it means so much to me as your fantasy football commissioner to just deliver on the promises that I made and that you wanted to see. Again, this, this league is my baby. The setup of this league is unique. It's something I've never seen. I take, I've taken a lot of pride in it, and I like to build something spectacular, a dynasty that I'd love to never see end. Next up, we are going to kick it over to a conversation between myself, Stefan Siggs, my man, Blake Bottles, and introducing to you, Drew Bled So Much. Let's kick it over there. Here are your week two accolades. The best manager. The longest yard used 95% of his possible points this week. That's how you score a lot of points. The worst manager this week, despite the win, it's the Etlians using just 70% of his possible points this week. Our highest scoring player is the Thick Dicks with 213.28. The lowest scoring team is the Oracle with 71.9. The biggest overachiever was the Thick Dicks. 18% hike in their projected points to their actual points. And the below expectations against the Etlians who were 28% point dip from their projected total. The quarterback start of the week was the longest yards play of Tom Brady for 38.64. The running back start of the week was Devontae's inferno play of Derrick Henry for 48.7. And the wide receiver start of the week, the Melonheads Cooper Cup with 36.8. Your highest scoring bench players... Congratulations to Austin316 for your benching of Teddy Bridgewater, 25.22. Congratulations to the Atlians for your non-play of Tony Pollard, 23 points. And congratulations to the Long Island Beasts for your non-play of Rondell Moore, 24.4. Those were your Week 2 accolades. Now we're going to kick it over to a conversation with a couple of special guests. We're going to talk about some trades. A little disclaimer before we get into it. There were some sound issues in the very beginning, but we got it worked out eventually. And it sounds good at some point. So, enjoy. 
Blake Bottles, I'm going to level with you. Um, the text messages wouldn't download, so I have no idea what you guys were saying. Oh, okay. Well, did he say he Yes, he said he was ready. All right, cool, good. So we're just waiting on analyst awkward start because difficulties. And he welcome Drew Bled so much to the podcast. Hey man, how you doing? Oh, we are doing okay. I'm glad you found nervous and we are here to talk about the trades. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, Blake, Blake Bottles, you with us? I am. I am. And I, I heard I was uh, summoned on here, so I'm, I'm curious about that. I don't know what's going on. Can you hear me? <laughs> I hear you now. All right. Did you not hear me before? Uh, well, you sounded like you cut off. Anyway, great. The first one I want to talk about the Melonheads trade Cooper Cup and Donald Jones. From Devontae Williams and a second round pick. Blake Bottles, who won the trade? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Nick Top, Kevin Bottom, or whatever his team. Uh, you know, I think. What's your name? <laughs> McCall Hardman, you know, Boomer Bust, team more, more or less bust. Um, Javante Williams, good running back, possibly bad situation. He's young. That's good. Uh, Ronald Jones is going to get carries, but, uh, I mean, Cooper Cup, you know, PPR beast. Uh, that was a good win-now move for uh, the Pete Top, Greg Bottom. Nick Top, Greg Bottom. Um, Drew Bledsoe had a little bit of stock in this trade. How are you feeling about it? Um, absolutely. Um, I believe uh, Nick Top, Greg Bottom came out on top in this trade. Um, really feeling like it was basically just the draft pick for for Cooper Cup. Um, Williams, yeah, young back, but Denver, they're they just it's a it's a carousel of running backs there. No one stays there in Denver. So. Could he catch on on another team a couple of years down the line? Possibly. Um, but right now, it's a win-now move for Cooper Cup, and uh, it, it bolsters an already deep wide receiver roster on Nick, Nick Top Red Bottom. A fair assessment from both of you. So you're both saying Nick Top Greg Bottom won that trade, so you two can agree on that. And so, you know, experts um, – without the draft pick, gave a 63% edge to the Melonheads oh, with the draft pick, with the draft pick. Without the draft pick, Nick Top, Greg Bottom, 52%. But overall, with the draft pick, does much the experts value a second-round pick. I don't know. But they got the Melonheads 
getting the better end of this trade in a dynasty uh, format. So it'll be seen. It was a win now move for Nick Top Greg Bottom. So we're going to see how that one turns out. But the experts believe the Melonheads got a better of this trade. Now I'm going to let you guys know the experts on a lot of these trades felt they were pretty even. That was the biggest discrepancy um, in terms of, of trade value based off expert opinion. The next one I'm going to talk about here. The beast mode, beast, the, the Long Island beast, it's still weird to say it. The Long Island beast trade, Rondale Moore, round picks in 2022 and 2024, as well as $50 in fab to the Oracle for Terry McLaurin and DeAndre Swift. Drew bled so much. What do you think about this trade, man? Who do you think won this? This one definitely was a lot closer, I feel. Rondell Moore, great upside. Looks like he's going to be a good player, uh, especially in Arizona with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray already seems to be targeting him a lot. Um, Probably only going to get more. I don't know if the the two first-round picks might be too high. Um, Swift in Detroit just – it's Detroit, unfortunately. Uh, it probably going to get his probably going to get his carries only because of uh, just lack of offense. But that's a that's a they're going to be a lo- they're going to be losing. They're going to be behind. It's going to be a lot of throwing. He's not going to get his carries on every game, and that's just going to hurt Swift in the long run. Uh, Terry McLaurin, great receiver. Unfortunate unfortunate situation now with quarterback again. Uh, with Heineke being his quarterback now for who knows how long uh, could could hurt. So all in all, I feel like um, the Oracle probably won this round. Uh, Yeah. um, Well, Terry McLaurin fortunately did see 14 targets from Heineke last week. Uh, I would love to see that kind of volume. We're going to have to see with game script going forward. I know Antonio Gibson's do some more carries. Washington football team and uh, DeAndre Swift. If DeAndre Swift could, could just stay healthy, he could be a very serviceable RB two going forward. So time will tell. Um, uh, I know you had a a bit of a stake in this one. How are you feeling about the, the Rondell Moore two first round pick swap in uh, the Oracle's favor? So, yeah, I mean, um, I have, I have a little bit of mixed feelings on it. Um, Terry McLaurin was someone who I drafted, and I was like, okay, this guy, there's no way I'm going to trade this guy. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I mean, he is I, I, he's obviously in a really bad situation in Detroit. I think he's a very talented running back. One thing Detroit has done this year um, under their new head coach um, is invest in that offensive line. Um, so I think like that he at least has that for them. Um, but Rondell Moore, I think uh, – He's only 21 years of age, so um, when I have I have a bunch of draft picks in 2024, like when those guys um, become rookies, Rondell Moore is only going to be 24 years old. Um, so I mean, he's young. I can have him. I don't know how long this league is going to go on. I hope it's going to go on for like a long time, but uh, I think he's going to be on my team forever. That's the hope. Um, the first round picks I think are very valuable, and I think um, that that fifty dollars was a little 
a throw in two that might have pushed the needle in the Oracle's favor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Fab in this point is kind of. I may not use a single dollar. I'm not even sure. I can say that I did drop 65 fab on Rondale Moore in another league. That's how high I feel about Rondale Moore. But the experts, the experts agree. They gave the beast mode 54%. Uh, I'm sorry. They disagree. They gave the beast mode 54%. Very high on Terry McLaurin outside of DeAndre Swift pass catching. Um, so the experts, they favored the beast mode on this trade. Um, next one, the Melonheads trade George Kittle and Michael Gallup to Austin 316 for KJ Hamler, J.K. Dobbins, and a second-round pick in 2023. KJ and J.K., I wonder if that was on purpose. Regardless of that, Blake Bottles, how do you feel about this trade? Uh, can you repeat the trade? What day was this on? I'm trying to find it. <laughs> I'm so. This was like five. Days. I'm not sure, but it was within the last five trades. Melonheads trade Kittle and Gallup to Austin 316 for Hamler, Dobbins, and a second round pick. Oh, yeah. I thought the Melonheads uh, won this. Um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, there's not there's not much else to say. Um, the Melonheads, I think are definitely they've changed their strategy from kind of in my opinion not really having a strategy during the draft to uh they're definitely in um win later mode um he's done a good job i think in several trades but this trade acquiring young guys um acquiring a draft pick um yeah so i i thought he he won that trade oh Okay, so I'm just going to throw out my personal opinion here. I think George Kittle is the prize piece in this trade. Me to vote against Austin 316, KJ Hamler, uh, yet to be seen, J.K. Dobbins, same boat. I mean, before we got a chance to really see him blossom, he got hurt. So I think Kittle is the prize piece in this, this exchange, but Drew bled so much. I, I agree with you, Stefan. Uh, Kittle is definitely a force in uh, the passing game for San Francisco. I mean, just a Mack truck coming at you. Can't bring him down. Um, you know, once he's going, he's, gonna, he's not going to stop. A uh, little bit of a hit last week in Philly, but he, he's going to come back strong. And Michael Gallup, you're talking about a, a, a pretty much a premier a wide receiver with Dak Prescott. And uh, unfortunate on the injury, but early October is when he can come back. I mean, he can stash him on the bench for a little bit and then have, have some points, you know, ready to go later in the season. Um, no points for, for Melonheads. You're not going to get any points out of any of those guys or the pick. So this year, it's, it's, it's a waste. I agree. He definitely saw the writing on the wall and changed up his strategy, as Blake Bottle said. Um, it was there in front of him, and he saw he didn't have a team, and he's trying to build for the future now, and that's fair enough. That's what, you know, if you're in a dynasty league and you're clearly not in championship contention, the best thing you can do is build for the future. And the experts, the experts can say that even fair trade. Uh, 
you know, in a dynasty format, if this was a redraft, I'm sure they it wouldn't be even. But in the dynasty format, the experts agreed that this was an even trade. Next trade that happened. Who's trades Christian McCaffrey and Chase Jesus Claypool Christ. to the thick dicks for Mike Evans, Jamal Williams, Nick Chubb, and two first-round picks in 2022 and 2023. Blake Bottles, I heard you. I heard you exclaim already. Wanted to start us off. I don't want to start us off. I would love you to start us off, and I want to hear the story because I have very strong feelings about this. I want to hear the story of how this trade happened. Like, take me from who who initiated this. I I want details. Okay, so um, I did not initiate a trade to get. That was never my intention when I drafted him in the first round. However, Nick has been sending me, I'd say, an offer every other day for Christian McCaffrey, and it was always luster at best. And the last one, the last one he sent me, I said, you know what, I Christian McCaffrey, but you're gonna. That was the deal from the get-go. It was going to have to be Nick Chubb plus for Christian McCaffrey. And he said, you know what, bet. He said, I'm going to do this right now. He threw out Christian McCaffrey and Chase Claypool for Evans, Jamal Williams, Chubb, and two first-round picks. And I thought the value was too much to give up. I was already kind of wondering what the my starting spots because I didn't trust Chase Claypool. And I was starting Amon Ross St. Brown. And I was a, a little skeptical there. Um, obviously, Mike Evans showed up and he had a great week. Um, Nick Chubb, I think, is the most talented runner, runner in the NFL. And I think he's going to continue to produce. And I, for one, am very excited about it. So I tell you what, Blake, let's let let's let you chime in last. Let's kick it over to Drew Bled so much. What do you think about this trade? Who's Justice Beaver definitely most likely made out in the long run and the short run for this trade. Um, Christian McCaffrey, as much as he is a fantastic athlete, running back, catcher out of the backfield, he does get injured. And it could could hurt him in the long run. With the, you know, the thick dicks could, 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 <laughs> so, could hurt him. Uh, Chase Claypool – Great, great receiver, but Mike Evans, I think he's got him beat a little bit. So, who's Justice Bieber beat him out there? Um, and then two first rounders. I mean, you're just, you're just, it's a steal. It is an absolute steal. And I agree with you. Nick Chubb is definitely one of the best runners in the NFL, um, if not the best. Um, obviously, why he took him so high in the draft to begin with, but. Um, Surprising, very surprising that he actually gave him up. I was very shocked. I was shocked. But when when he made the offer, I could not pass it up. I thought if I'm trading the number one running back for the number four running back and I can grab those two first-round picks plus those two other serviceable players, I was very excited about it. So, Blake Bottles, finish us off on this trade, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm uh trade um nick is like a 21 year old kid uh his brain hasn't fully developed yet uh he makes rash decisions he doesn't have the 
filters in place needed to. Um, I mean, this was just, I, like, it, there's there's so much unnecessary things that were offered. That's why, like, I like I want to blame you, but like. Like, if it was just Christian McCaffrey, Chase Claypool for Mike Evans, Jamal Williams, Nick Chubb, like, I would probably still give you the win on that, but, like, it would be close. But then to throw two additional first-round picks is ludicrous. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, you know, I was trying to gain a competitive advantage with the first-round picks, but um, you are right there with me, but you have that win-now roster as well, and that just added to it, and, you know, it's, it's tough. I'm rubbing my nipples as you as you just run off these accolades of this trade in my favor right now. I, Thank you. Um, I am laying in bed in my PJs, so I needed that. Um, so with without the picks included in the trade, are you ready for this? Expert consensus says the thick dicks won this trade sixty percent. That's with close. the with the picks included in this trade, expert consensus agrees. The thick dicks won this trade fifty. Wow! Does that show? Yeah, I mean, I I have to I have like I'm questioning the sources of these experts. Yeah, I can tell you I can tell you that it was. 100% because of Christian McCaffrey. They essentially had him figured in running back, but also the equivalent of a top five wide receiver at the same time. So he was essentially two top 10 players in one. And that's why this trade seems on the surface to be in the Dick's favor. But in my personal opinion, I agree with the two of you. I think who's Justice Beaver won this trade wholeheartedly. And will continue to thrive off of that success. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, ooh, actually, I have two more trades to talk about. Two more trades. The Melonheads trade Ezekiel Elliott and Tyrod Taylor to the Beast Mode for Deshaun Watson, Curtis Samuel, and Devin Singletary. Let's start it off with Drew so much. This this was an interesting trade based off of the fact that two of the pieces being moved are currently on are, are not playing football. Um, and obviously an aging Ezekiel Elliott, uh, a, aging in terms of play, not really age. And uh, Tyrod Taylor, oft injured, oft ineffective. How did you see this trade, Drew Bled, so much? Uh, I, I agree with you, Stefan, again with Ezekiel Elliott. It doesn't seem like – I mean, last week he did have a good game. Uh, I just don't see his heart in it. It, it just – he's lost the desire to really play football. Uh, from the, the first couple of years, you know, the feed me – the attitude, you know, just everything. It just doesn't seem to be there anymore. Um, still probably going to be a very good running back, though, for Beast Mode Beast, who's already surprising a lot of people in, in the league. Um, Tyrod Taylor, again, injury prone. Um, looks like they're going to have to go with Hill this week. Um, so, 
not really much there. Getting Deshaun Watson off of his roster, though, probably a smart move. Probably will not see the field this year. Um, and Singletary, again, serviceable back, not not going to blow the doors off probably this year. Uh, maybe maybe down the line, uh, time to tell. But um, other than that, I would say overall, though, I would say this is a pretty even matchup. It's kind of a tough call to decide who won this one, but I would say I would say you got the beast mode beast. I think his overall team is just going to excel from this. With that, um, before I throw out the stat I want to throw out, let's hear from Blake Bottles. What do you think about this trade here? I mean, it was, it was sort of irrelevant. You have a washed running back. Um, two irrelevant quarterbacks and, you know, a couple injured players, Devil, Devin Singletary, um, really not much to talk about. Um, you know, I, I think if, if Zeke does still have a little bit left, you know, I think uh, that's a good win-now move for him. Uh, the Melonheads took some risks, but I would give the nod to Beast or the Long Island Beast. Okay, so expert consensus on this was it was a dead even fair trade for our dynasty. Um, something that I do want to note here, a little stat for you. Ezekiel Elliott is the number 22 running back on 32 weeks. Tony Pollard, number 10. And Pollard looked, Pollard looked amazing. Literally, the entire league could have had Tony Pollard for a second-round yep. pick a little bit ago, yep. and and Jack Jack accepted that offer, and he got roasted, and it's looking like a good good trade for him. And he still got yeah. roasted because he left him on his bench too. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like a good trade. I think I think Tony Pollard bright future ahead of him in Dallas, especially if Ezekiel Elliott continues to not produce. Um, like I said, Tony Pollard, number 10 on the season. Zeke is 22. That is shocking. That was the most shocking thing that I heard today was that little stat right there. All right. This just happened about four hours ago. Who's Justice Beaver flipped Mike Evans and Michael Carter forever on clean for Odell Beckham Jr., Hollywood Marquise Brown, and a second-round pick? Blake Bottle, how'd you feel about this trade? Yeah, you know what? I think this is um, I, I think this is dead even. Um, uh, you know, without um, I, Mike Evans is a good, obviously a very good wide receiver, gets a lot of touchdowns. I really like Michael Carter, a uh, young running back, watched because of. Uh, Zach Wilson watched a little bit of the Jets, which was uh, an awful choice. But when he got the ball in his hands a few times, um, well, not a few times, he had like 10 points, but he looked he looked good. Um, Marquise Brown, super boomer bust. Odell, um, you know, I understand the buy low here. I totally I understand the buy low. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it doesn't excite me, but that second round pick excites me. But yeah, I, I think this is a pretty even trade. Okay, um, let me just – I just want to give a little background on this trade too. I had several trade offers on my on my table for Michael Carter. 
from uh, three different teams. And then I said, hmm, I was I was doing a little research and I had an epiphany. And I said, you know what? If Odell Beckham is ever going to be something, it's going to happen right now. I said, Mike Evans is a touchdown guy. He's touchdown or bust. Or you don't want him in your lineup. I said, I said, Michael Carter looks like he's going to have a bright future, but he plays for the Jets, and this year it probably isn't going to happen. And I looked at my roster, and I said, you know what? Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, the touchdowns haven't been there yet, but they're coming. Baseline. So I said, you know what? Let me take this boom on Odell. So I offered forever on clean Michael Carter for Odell Beckham Jr. straight up. And he countered me with the Mike Evans and Hollywood Brown with the second round pick edition. And I said, that's perfect, actually. With the baseline I have, I love the boom possibility of Odell Beckham and Hollywood Brown over the, the flat line of Mike Evans and Michael Carter. So I'm rolling the dice. We, we were talking earlier before our technical difficulties. You were saying something stupid about Monopoly. And I said, I like to play Yahtzee. And I'm rolling the dice on Odell Beckham Jr., Going forward this year, Drew bled so much. How did you see this trade go down? I I feel like you made out uh, handsomely. Uh, Michael Evan, Mike Evans in Tampa, too many mouths to feed. Um, you're talking Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, Cam Bray, OJ Howard. How many? How many do they need to feed? Um, Odell. He's going to be almost alone now. Uh, Landry lands on the IR. So he's going, to, he's going to be back this week, next week. He practiced. So he's ready to go probably soon. Again, and, and Marquise Brown, I, I'm very high on Marquise. I do not like um, Jackson a little bit in Baltimore. I think he is a big boomer bust quarterback. I don't know why he's ranked so high all the time. I get it. He runs a lot and scores a lot of touchdowns that way, but I think he can lose you a lot of games at that position. Um, so Marquise Brown's going to – he's going to have his good games and he's going to have his bad games. It just depends on what Lamar Jackson decides to do that week. Um, so ultimately, I believe who's Justice Bieber definitely came out on top on this. Um, again, Michael Carter, again, up-and-coming running back. Um, but with the Jets, I'd rather see – if it was somebody else, then maybe just almost any other running back, I would say, um, forever unclean won, won this one. But who's just Beaver definitely took this one. Okay, I can say, again, with the boomer bust qualifications in the – I was comfortable with Hollywood because I think when he has his boom games, it's going to win me a week. And when he has his lackluster games, I think I have the team to win. Obviously a disappointing week for me this week. Um, so if you don't include the second round pick, expert consensus has forever on clean winning this one 54%. And if with the pick included, the second round pick, who's Justice Beaver? So a pretty even trade overall. Um, most of these trades did go down pretty even. Um, obviously, the, the Justice Beaver Dix trade, you guys uh, saw it differently than the experts. And the Melonheads took a pretty big jump in, in the Nick Top Greg bottom trade. 
debatable, but that's what the experts say. Um, and that was our trade review. Thank you, guys. Um, before I let you guys go, though, a little bit about week two. I want to know if there's anybody in the league uh, in, in terms of specific players who, who are – pointing to you so far this season you can use your own team or you can pick somebody out from from a different team whatever you want to do Blake Bottles you got anybody disappointing you yeah Brandon Ayuk he I don't even think he has a point yet in uh two weeks played about uh, 44 percent of snaps or something the first week and played even more the second week um hasn't really touched the ball uh it doesn't make any sense I'm frustrated and angry at that I'm with you. I, I chose him in the fourth round in another one of my leagues, and I'm considering dropping him. That's where we're at with Brandon Ayuk. Drew bled so much. Any disappointments for you so far this season? Um, Kareem Hunt, definitely on, on, my, on my radar to uh, try to replace or move on from something. Something's got to give. Hopefully he can do more of what he did last year, sharing the load with Nick Chubb. Yeah, it's a tough situation when you're you're playing behind such a good running back. I'd almost love to see Kareem Hunt get the old trade. Yeah, he can be the number one, and I think he'd immediately become an RB one in a different scenery. Um, let's end this segment here on a bright spot, though. Nick Top, Greg. Oh shit! Uh, Drew bled so much. <laughs> Drew bled so much. Any any real bright? See who's impressing you. Um, right now, um, I mean, who, who's not impressed by Patrick Mahomes and what the things that he yeah. does and everything, um, just, just amazing. Just doing it all with his feet, with his arms. Um, and on, but honestly, um, you know, a guy who I've kind of been down on over the years, um, being an, an Eagles fan, um, Dak Prescott, surprising a lot of people. I think, I think a lot of people thought this guy was going to be a buff. Um, hopefully he can keep it together. He loses like his running back or a top receiver. He just falters and falls apart. So hopefully he's overcome the injury and he can keep up the, the high level. Fair enough. A little, a little down this past week. Absolutely. It was fantastic in week one, and I do expect him to finish this season top five. Time will tell. Blake Bottles, who's been a bright spot for you so far this year? Um, I'm going to switch it up a little bit and go with a uh, fantasy football manager, and that is the Devontae's Inferno. Um, I think I made the, the mistake of underrating him in my preseason polls. Um, he obviously he finished second. Uh, last year in the league, um, and I mean he's killing it first two weeks. Um, so I, I mean you know I am excited to see what else his team can do. They're looking really good. I like that, and my bright spot. I'm gonna give it to the guy who I predicted would be the number one fantasy player this year. It's a lot. But you know what I'm talking about. That's Kyler. Murray, can this guy be stopped? I'm. I think he'll be well over forty points this week against Jacksonville. Book it, Kyler Murray, number one in fantasy football. Thank you guys so much for coming and talking a little bit about week two. Um, 
fantastic discussion. Any last words you guys want to want to throw out there? I didn't want to twist the knife uh, anymore with Kyler Murray. That's why I went with Patrick Mahomes and Zach Prescott. My heart breaks because all I wanted was Kyler Murray and I'm in three leagues and I did not get Kyler Murray ever. All right. Blake Bottles, any last words? Uh, Good luck this week, gentlemen. All right, boys. Drew bled so much. Blake Bottles, thank you again for coming on the podcast and we will have Fantasy Football Analytics. All right. See you guys. Yep. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Fantastic discussion on the trades that have been going on in our league. There were some sound issues early on there. I believe Drew bled so much is near an airport. It sure sounded like he was near an airport. I hope that's where he was and not like a minefield or something. But it sounded better after a couple of minutes, so I'm sorry you had to deal with that sound issue. But a great discussion with Drew Bled so much and Blake Bottles. Thank those two again so much for coming on the podcast. We got to hear what happened in the league, the week two breakdown. Um, some weekly accolades, an AP poll, an expert consensus power rankings. Oh my gosh, the content is growing. This is exciting. I can't wait to keep developing this league and this podcast. This was the week two review show. My name is Stefan Siggs. K-O-L-L podcast. Bye.